Asia Pacific Currents. News and labour issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. Workers of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. Good morning and welcome to Asia Pacific Currents this Saturday, the 10th of October. You're listening to Community Radio 3CR. I'm Giselle Hanna. And I'm Pierre Mora and it's great to see you back, Giselle, after your little break. The listeners really missed you last week. I'm I'm sure they did because you're very hard to listen to for a whole half hour straight. <laughs> no, no, come on, we'll settle Did this. anybody understand the news from around the region or not quite? I, I, I think from the feedback. <laughs> The feedback was as excellent as always. All right. Look at you backing down on your previous compliment. (laughs) Well, listener, coming up on today's program, in the second part of the show, we're going to be speaking with Shivani, who is one of the um, union organisers in the Gurgaon region for the organisation called um, Bigul Mazdur Dasta. They're a trade union that organises in that industrial belt. Um, She is the uh, organiser in the automobile industry and also the legal advisor in that sector as well. We've been talking to you a bit about the Honda workers dispute. Today's the 20th day of their hunger strike. So we interviewed Shivani about where that dispute is at. Of course, um, the Honda workers are from a a different uh, region in India, but have come into New Delhi at the height of their hunger strike. Yes, so that will be um, good to, to hear and see how it's going. Of course, if you want more information, you can always go to our, our website, all the waaw.org.au, or go to Facebook as well, where we'll put lots of the news items that you're going to hear up um, tomorrow. So um, just on uh, three past nine o'clock, we'll go to our first uh, news roundup from the region that we go to Thailand where the, um, this week the Thailand's immigration authorities stopped the entry and subsequently deported the Hong Kong pro-democracy activist Joshua Wong. Joshua had been invited to speak at a forum on, anti-rep- on anti-repression in Bangkok. Now, news reports confirmed that the decision to deport Joshua was taken by the governments of both countries. Now, subsequently, the interesting thing was that the head of the military junta of Thailand, Prayut Chan Ocha, stated there had been no detention or deportation, but that Joshua Wong just flew over Thailand. Um, I can only say they've been taking lessons from the Immigration Department of Australia in terms of doublespeak. In New Zealand at the start of this month, new legislation came to effect, uh, which basically bans the importation of asbestos into that country. This is uh, uh, for... um the trade union movement, it's a, it's a bit of a victory. New Zealand ha- have been campaigning hard to ban this hazardous substance. Unfortunately, globally, around 2 million tonnes of asbestos are produced annually, causing more than, <clears throat> more than 100,000 deaths per year. As the experience of Australia shows, even once asbestos is banned, the, the toxic legacy of its use will continue to kill people for decades into the future. So we're all, we also need to campaign for the um, ongoing health and treatment of those affected by um, asbestos prior to its ban. That's right. And um, I was just thinking 2 million tonnes, that's actually 2 
billion kilos. That's still a lot of asbestos around the world. And, you know, there is no other than the um, economic reasons or the profit reasons for continue. That's the only reason that it continues to be. That's right. That's right. And um, talking about uh, reason and the profit system, um, a recent, uh, we go to Bangladesh, we're a recent investigating article on the events that led to the fire at the Tampaka Foils factory where at least 34 workers were killed, um, basically said that were, uh, this was no accident and it was systemic problems that led to it. And, of course, we brought you information about this file over the last few weeks. While the company was audited for its health and safety compliance a few few years earlier and passed it, many problems were left unresolved. Even with uh, recent political improvements, the Bangladeshi government lacks enforcement of regulations and laws, allows companies to avoid being held accountable. In addition, the ongoing repression of independent union leaves the workers totally vulnerable. Nevertheless, even against constant opposition, workers keep fighting, they keep looking for justice, a safe work workplace and demanding a living wage and there were a number of demonstrations around this um, fire. In South Korea, uh, workers, including the ITF's railway workers, are staging their largest public sector strike ever, beginning at the end of September. Um, we we have posted um, some news items about that. They are planning another industrial massive industrial action, which is f- scheduled for today. The unions are fighting back against government plans that would make sackings easier and silence trade unions. For rail and other public service workers, The imposition of a discriminatory performance-related pay and termination system is part of a government attempt to further liberalise and privatise public services. The new system would have workers competing against each other and make it easier to uh, to dismiss workers. It would lower wages and undermine both job guarantees and the right of trade unions to defend their members. So they've been taking these awful actions, uh, which have been bringing workers together right across the public and um, public transport sectors. Its show of strength has led to some employers cancelling suspensions, but the government has declared the rail strike illegal. Charges have been pressed against nine union officers, while 145 officers have been suspended from their job positions in preparation for further disciplinary actions. The global union movement will fight these attacks and campaign for the rights uh, of workers in Korea and the release of those arrested in the latest wave of anti-union repression. So you can check out what the ITF and other international global union federations are doing. But we have said this before, and I don't think it can be overstated, that the Korean unions are actually in the fight of their life at the moment. The government is hell-bent on smashing the union movement, which in our analysis, AAWL's analysis, is probably the strongest labour movement, even stronger than Australia's labour movement, in the Asia-Pacific region. So it is really important that all of us get behind those Korean workers. We can't have them taken out. And, of course, we brought you an interview um, yesterday about that. So basically, just to sum up, uh, Giselle, the the the... the the public transport workers are still on strike, on definite strike, and I think the transport workers are going to join them next week as well. So um, that's um, it's certainly um, becoming very big. So yes, we'll certainly hope for all the best. Um, we go on a, a totally different part of Asia now. We go to um, 
to Gaza, where an international solidarity ship that had left from Barcelona, Spain in mid-September, intending to bring much-needed humanitarian supplies to the people of Gaza, was hijacked in international waters by the Israeli Navy. The ship, whose crew consisted of women from a number of countries, was taken to the Israeli port of Ashdod. The intention of the activist was to break the Israeli-imposed siege of the Gaza Strip, which is having devastating social effects on the majority of the population. This is not the first time that uh, a flotilla has tried to break the siege, and each time they've been uh, hijacked by the Israeli navy. Now, at the same time that um, this boat was being uh, hijacked, Israel also carried out a number of bombing raids on several locations inside Gaza. That's a, I, I, I struggled to recover from that story, Pierre. Thank you. Um, sorry about that, Giselle. I should have given the, the, the <laughs> yeah, warning. Yeah, I needed yes. a trigger warning on that. Mm. Um, we're going now to Pakistan. Um, PepsiCo management at the company's Frito-Lay plant in Lahore uh, has responded to the formation and official registration of a trade union with 650 members by harassing and transferring union officers, so transferring them out of that factory, and seeking to violate the union's collective bargaining rights by creating a bogus union. So PepsiCo is actually known for this. They've done this in a couple of countries now. Since the PepsiCo Workers' Union was registered and officially granted collective bargaining rights. Union officers have been targeted for disciplinary procedures on false charges and the union president has been transferred out of the plant to prevent contract contact with his members. The company's registered a fake national union claiming to represent workers at two different sites in order to undercut, undercut the Lahore workers' demand for a negotiated collective agreement. Union members are being denied overtime and pressured to leave the union. A large number of workers, including women workers, have been holding protest actions at the factory gate, demanding the company seats its attack uh, on the rights of those workers and to negotiate in good faith. We're going to post some details on our website about how you can support those workers by sending some solidarity statements. That's right. And uh, our last um, item, I don't think you've got a number eight, do you? No, our last item. Sometimes we lose track. Sorry, folks. Um, we go to Indonesia where Champ Resto Indonesia, one of Indonesia's leading fast food chain is also uh, involved in a union busting. Now, the, this, this uh, particular dispute started last November where one of their workers uh, had a newborn baby and unfortunately they, um, they died. And so the worker then was um, missing for five days because obviously had to do family and uh, other issues and, um, and, and, and mourning. And so also worked out they had no health insurance. So when the um, the workers protested about this issue, the um, um, Champ Resto in Indonesia um, said they will they were not going to provide uh, family medical medical coverage and actually um, dismissed eighty three workers immediately. Now, then they also transferred 14 other workers from the city of Bandung to Jakarta. Of course, these were all union activists. Um, so it's continuing, the issue is continuing. The, the um, Restaurant Workers Federation Indonesia, FSPM, is, uh, is continuing the pressure calling for their reinstatement of all the dismissed workers, full respect of trade union rights and the inclusion of uh, workers and their families in the government 
government health insurance scheme. Again, um, you'll find um, tomorrow some more information about this dispute. And that's really all that we've got today on this um, overview of labour issues for the Asia-Pacific region. We'll go to a break and then we'll be back with the interview with um, Shivani. This is Irene Bolger, former Secretary of the Nurses' Federation in Victoria. Throughout the nurses' dispute in 1986 and the waterfront dispute in 1998, 3CR was always there broadcasting the voices of workers in struggle. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio and we're broadcasting live from the Bay to Chicken Strike here in Melbourne. We've just seen all of the thousands of nurses walk through to their meeting and people from different unions showing their solidarity. 3CR. Radio for the workers, by the workers, since 1976. Last night I interviewed Shivani. She's one of the organisers in Bigul Mazdur Dasta uh, and she's very well. She's organising the Honda Workers um, dispute that we've been talking to you about over the last couple of weeks. She starts this interview by explaining where she's from and her particular role and then we go into the history of the dispute. Here's Shivani. I'm Shivani and I'm uh, from Bigul Mazdur Dasta. And also, I'm legal advisor of Automobile Industry Contract Workers Union, uh, which is a uh, industry-based and a sector-based union in uh, Gurgaon Manesar Belt of uh, Automobile Industry in India. So there is a dispute at the moment in uh, a Honda um, factory in the Gurgaon region, and those workers have been. Uh, on a hunger strike, I think it is now the uh, 19, almost 20 days of hunger strike. Yeah, yeah. Can you give us a background yeah. background to the dispute and why it has culminated in a hunger strike? Yeah, sure. Uh, actually, uh, this time there is a dispute at Tapu Kada plant, uh, which is located in Rajasthan, which is a North Indian uh, state uh, and the dispute actually started uh, on 16th February this year uh, pertaining to the matter of a contract worker where uh, an engineer, he forced one of the contract workers to work overtime. And this, uh, the said workers were working continuously for four days. So this was the immediate issue uh, around which all the uh, workers uh, collectively gathered and they raised their voice that uh, uh, no worker will work continuously and they won't uh, work overtime without being paid uh, for the overtime work. And this uh, said worker, he was not uh, keeping well because of this uh, uh, continuously working for such long hours. So the immediate reason was uh, this issue related to the um, forcible uh, you know, forcibly asking uh, a contract worker to work overtime. But actually, the issue goes back to, you know, last year, August last year, when uh, the uh, workers at Tapukara plant, they filed for uh, their union registration. So again, uh, as has been uh, uh, very prevalent in this entire sector, most of the disputes originate around the demand for union formation. And this also 
the the present uh, dispute also goes back to the issue of uh, unionization so the workers are on a hunger strike what what do you think of this as a as a tactic to win a dispute and how effective is it so far in progressing this dispute uh yeah actually uh, the workers this was a last resort because uh, they were not even allowed to peacefully assemble in rajasthan and rajasthan is being governed by bjp government uh, uh, also we have a, a, a bjp government at center so this sort of anti worker policy has been in effect in rajasthan since the times bjp has come to power so they were not left with any other option so uh, also they uh, resorted to hunger strike and also they shifted the location of their struggle to new delhi uh, because uh, in rajasthan uh, uh, not even in tappukara not even in the capital jaipur they were uh, given any uh, heed and uh, no attention was paid to their demand they were brutally lathi charged they were never allowed to uh, peacefully assemble at any of the locations they uh, tried to gather so they were not left with any option and then they finally decided to come to delhi so uh, for the past 19 days uh, they are in delhi at jantar mantar on 19th uh, september they came to delhi they um, have been staying put at jantar mantar since then and they are on a hunger strike five of the workers among which one of the leading body members naresh mehta is on the hunger strike so i think this uh, given no choice the uh, workers had to uh, you know tactically uh, use uh, such uh, tactics because otherwise uh, they were not even uh, uh, in a position to gather uh, and assemble peacefully so i think as far as that thing is concerned they have been successful in once again initiating their struggle has the hunger strike caused uh people to lend their solidarity and support to the dispute uh many uh, workers organizations and many independent unions have lent their support but i think as far as the administration and rajasthan as well as central government is concerned they're still not bothered there has uh, uh, been couple of meetings with uh, labor department at central level but except for assurances they have not given anything in concrete uh, they haven't given anything in writing also and uh, but yeah uh, there have been organizations for example our organization uh, was there since the beginning of the struggle and when they moved their uh, struggles location to delhi we have been active and other uh, independent organizations and trade unions have also lent their support and of course um this particular uh, factory this workplace is in a in an industrial belt um are there similar disputes nearby and have workers in nearby factories um offered support or shared the struggle in any way uh yes to an extent actually uh, as far as automobile sector is concerned many struggles are still going on but uh, 
you they are not in a very uh, active state there is an air conditioning uh, manufacturing unit of daikin in uh, neemrana where workers have been agitating for similar issues so they also lend their support to the struggle they came to delhi then there uh, are uh, workers from sri ram piston in bhiwadi in rajasthan whose struggle has been going on since uh, last three and a half years a couple of workers from that uh, uh, factory also came and lent their support but not in a very uh, unified and very structured way but yes there is a uh, need to build solidarity across all these um, uh, myriad uh, forms of struggles that are going on in different uh, areas of automobile belt and spontaneously people are also uh, coming uh, together with the honda workers but as far as uh, the central trade unions are concerned they are not showing that kind of interest that kind of intention is also missing because most of these unions tend to get affiliated to the uh, large and uh, central trade unions uh, so that sort of intention on their part is still lacking and as far as the present movement is also concerned the uh, central trade unions haven't shown uh, that much of interest in the struggle and also uh, any sort of industrial action is also lacking on their part You mentioned some other disputes in the automobile industry. I mean, we we've been following the Suzuki uh, workers dispute for well for many years now. I um, mean, we know that a number of those workers have been uh, released on bail. Are there any other developments in the Suzuki dispute? No, still there are many workers uh, who are uh, behind the bars and uh, uh, yes, uh, they have succeeded in getting their uh, fellow workers released but then the entire uh, focus of the movement uh, shifted from the original demands which were pertaining to reinstatement of workers and now uh, the entire struggle and you can't uh, it, it's not a very uh, unified sort of thing that is happening there are a couple of people who are legally pursuing the matter so now in a way uh, they uh, have uh, Uh, been successful in getting most of their uh, co-workers released but still uh, around uh, 17 or 20 workers are behind the bars and they're still trying to get them out of the jail the the situation overall sounds very dire and when we are in struggle constantly sometimes it can be easy to question whether our methods are successful uh, and if we are going to break through can you see the possibility of a resolution to the honda dispute that is favorable to the workers uh as far as the uh, this specific uh, movement is concerned actually uh, there has been a lot of things that have taken place in past uh also uh, when workers moved their base to delhi they also launched a boycott honda campaign in which they have been appealing to the common citizens to boycott the uh, products which are being manufactured in the said in the said tapukada plant of honda so uh, but such a step is a tactical sort of a move because 
uh, as far as uh, you know uh, taking the struggle ahead in industrial belt is concerned uh, there is still uh, uh, no breakthrough in sight so not in a very certain terms one can predict what is going to happen with this movement but yes of late most of the struggles in this belt has pointed out to one certain fact that uh, as long as uh, the movements are separated in their uh, different factory uh, floor struggles the chances of a you know breakthrough kind of situation are very meager very few so uh, a very uh, concerted uh, cross sectoral uh, action and a union formation on the lines of sector which is the case in other countries also where there are industry based union and such joint operations are conducted in which the collective bargaining of workers uh, tend to increase this sort of thing is still lacking in india and uh, uh, the uh, union i am affiliated with is uh, precisely trying to achieve this sort of uh, success in which all the workers whether they are working in honda whether they are working in maruti rico or any small big vendor company they are uh, united uh, on the basis of a sector based union uh, as long as this does not come into existence the chances seem very uh, meager of you know immediate wins of such struggles uh, but yes uh, still uh, as far as honda uh, movement is concerned workers are still fighting back and tactically they have come up with this the uh, idea of boycotting the products but uh, industrial based solidarity is still uh, missing 3CR programs provide information and analysis you won't hear in the mainstream. Today we'll be looking at the legacy of the US war on Vietnam on Laos. And as far as corporate capitalism is concerned, it is the worst political and economic system that you can have. Our laws about jailing refugees and asylum seekers are so well crafted. Sex is not irrelevant and we like who we are, but we don't have to be imprisoned by our gender. Become a subscriber today. Call us on 94198377 or visit 3cr.org.au. 3CR, the voice of dissent. 27 minutes past nine o'clock here on Community Radio 3CR. You're listening to Asia Pacific Currents. That was Shivani Kaur from Bigul Mazdoor Dasta discussing the Honda workers dispute in India. Uh, as Pierre's mentioned a couple of times, myself and another comrade from AAWL will be travelling to India. We'll be meeting with those Honda workers and the Suzuki workers and so we'll be able to bring you some more reports and that's happening towards the end of November. And um, that's really the end of the program. We have got two quick announcements, um, a bit of an early announcement for something that's happening not next week, but the week after. That's uh, for our people in Australia know that uh, Anti-Poverty Week is in mid-October. Well, the National Union of Workers is having a demonstration called the Fluoro Fight Back to protest against casualisation and precarious 
work and basically for the role of trade unions to um, to eradicate poverty. So that's the 22nd of October at half past eight in the morning at Southern Cross. There is also the 46th anniversary of the collapse of the Westgate Bridge and there will be a memorial service organised by the CFMEU. So on Saturday the 15th of October, they, us, we will gather again to remember Australia's worst industrial accident, its victims and the brave workers who risked everything to recover the dead and the hurt. It's the 46th anniversary of the collapse that, um, that claimed 35 lives. 18 workers survived. Some of those workers returned to work on the to rebuild the bridge. The commemoration will begin at 11.30 on Saturday the 15th um, and the ETU Victorian Secretary will address families uh, and friends. The Westgate Memorial site is beneath the bridge in Douglas Parade in Spotswood. And that's uh, really the end that we of the program that we have for you today. That's all um, that we have. Um, stay tuned to 3CR Radio and Asia Callings um, coming up uh, in a couple of minutes. But Asia Pacific Currents is brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. My name is Pierre Morrow. And I'm Giselle Hanna. And we'll be back next week. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.